Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is May 19th. U.S. participation in World War I fanned the flames of anti-immigrant sentiment, despite the fact that many immigrants served with distinction in the U.S. military. In 1921, the hostility was directed towards the Southern and Eastern Europeans that made up the wave of immigration occurring at the same time as the conflict. The geopolitical tensions that drew the United States into war, combined with the hostile depiction of our foreign foes through political cartoons and other media descriptions or depictions, increased the popularity of isolationist and nativist viewpoints. Anti-immigrant movements existed in the United States long before this. Nativist groups such as the Know Nothing Party were active at the time of the first great wave of immigration in the mid-1800s. The first inspections of immigrants started in 1855 in response to the arrival of large numbers of Irish fleeing their homelands potato famine. America's first big restriction on immigration, the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, came in reaction to the arrival of Chinese Chinese immigrants in the mid-1800s. The 1907 Gentlemen's Agreement with Japan and the Immigration Act of 1917 further curtailed Asian immigration. Immigration to the United States began to rebound following the conclusion of World War I. Among these leading the resurgence were refugees from the Russian Revolution, the Armenian Genocide, and the collapse of the Italian economy. In the United States, however, demobilization led to increased competition for jobs and growing unemployment. Economic concerns combined with ethnic prejudice to end America's open-door immigration policy in the 1920s. The Emergency Quota Act of 1921 established the nation's first numerical limits on the number of immigrants who could enter the United States. The Immigration Act of 1924, also known as the National Origins Act, made the quota stricter stricter and permanent. These country-by-country limits were specifically designed to keep out undesirable ethnic groups and maintain America's character as a nation of Northern and Western European stock. The final quota figures were based on the ratio of different ethnic groups existing in America in 1890, before the second big wave of immigration by Southern and Eastern Europeans. To implement the quotas, the whole immigration process was changed in 1924 to the visa system we still use today. Ellis Island was reduced to being a detention center for the trickle of immigrants with problems upon arrival or for persons being deported. Parts of the island fell into disuse after 1924 or were used by other government agencies for other purposes. Eventually, the government decided it wasn't worth keeping up the huge Ellis Island complex for that trickle of detainees and the facility was abandoned in 1954. When Adolf Hitler and the Nazis came to power in the 30s, they showed the world the horrors that result of eugenics theories are carried out to an extreme. It would take a second world war in the 1940s to stop them. Even as the U.S. quota system prevented many refugees from escaping the Nazis, it was not until the Immigration Act of 1965 that America's ethnicity-based quotas would disappear and the United States would adopt a more ethnically neutral way of controlling immigration. In 2007, fishermen accidentally netted an anchor now believed to be possibly from the British Merchant Royale, which was purported to have been carrying thousands of pounds of gold and silver bars as well as jewels when it sank off the coast of Great Britain in 1641. The Daily Telegraph reported the fishing vessel recovered the anchor 20 miles south of Land's End, Cornwall, England. 
Experts are attempting to place a date on the anchor to determine if it is from the Merchant Royale or another vessel. The other British media outlets have reported on the anchor and have raised questions as to where the Merchant Royal's precious cargo came to rest, an issue the Telegraph reported on extensively in 2007. The anchor could also possibly be from another vessel that sank in the same waters. The Telegraph reported that Odyssey Marine Exploration from Tampa, Florida had recovered 17 tons of gold and silver coins worth 250 million pounds from a shipwreck off Cornwall. The Merchant Royal, an English ship known as the El Dorado of the Seas, sank in bad weather near the Isles of Scilly in 1641 as it was returning to Dartmouth laden with treasure from Mexico. The loss to the British Treasury and the nation was so significant that the proceedings of the House of Commons were interrupted for the news to be broken. The ship carried an incredible treasure, more than 100,000 pounds of gold, about 500,000 pieces of silver, and about 400 Mexican silver coins. Compared to today's prices, the mentioned 100,000 pounds of gold alone could be worth nearly $2 billion. The ship was sunk near Land's End, which is the most westernly point of England. The ship was sailing from the Spanish port of Cadiz to Antwerp, carrying a reward for the soldiers who were fighting there for Spain. On May 19, 2007, British officials announced their belief that Odyssey Marines guarded revelation that it had brought home some 500,000 pieces of gold and silver from an undisclosed location could only mean that the wreck of Merchant Royal had finally been discovered. Odyssey Marine Exploration revealed that only the hall, codenamed Black Swan, and containing 500,000 silver coins, hundreds of gold coins, worked gold and other artifacts was discovered beyond any nation's territorial waters and in an area where many ships had gone down, according to the Telegraph report. A U.S. federal court had granted Odyssey Marine in late 2006 executive exclusive salvage rights to the wreck site. That salvage wreck was later believed to be the Nuestra Señora de las Mercedes, a lost Spanish treasure ship, and Spain ultimately took possession in 2012 of the ship's cargo recovered by Odyssey Marine. And in 1997, a three-year-old boy died of avian influenza in Hong Kong. By the time the outbreak was controlled, six people were dead and 1.6 million domestic fowl were destroyed. The young boy, a first, the first victim of the flu outbreak, had been hospitalized six days earlier with severe coughing and a fever. He had been around chickens that were found to be infected with the avian influenza. This virus, identified as flu type A, H5N1, had been found in chickens in March. Other people who worked with the chickens were immediately tested. Some tested positive. More disturbingly, a healthcare worker, a lab technician, and a neighbor, all of whom did not deal directly with the chickens, also tested positive for this type of flu. By November, there were 18 recorded cases. Six of the victims died. Finally, on December 28th, authorities decided it was necessary to slaughter the chickens and other domestic fowl in Hong Kong to prevent further spread of the disease. About 1.6 million animals were killed and buried. Though no other cases were reported immediately after the slaughter, officials continued to keep an eye on the virus. Over the next eight years, between 1997 and 2005, the H5N1 virus mutated, becoming extraordinarily lethal. It was responsible for 62 more human fatalities in Asia, as well as the deaths of more than 140 million birds, a portion of which were intentionally destroyed in an effort to contain it. In the fall of 2005, the virus spread suddenly from Asia to Europe. The European debut of the flu, which is more deadly than the common seasonal form that kills about 36,000 Americans annually, sparked concerns that if the virus were to mutate to a form communicable between humans, a devastating pandemic would result. Scientists estimate that as many as 150 million people could die in a few months. As 2005 came to a close, nations around the world, in concert 
with the World Health Organization scrambled to assemble viable disaster and containment plans and amass stockpiles of antiviral drugs. Soon after, the virus was found in birds in Africa, but had only been spread to humans who had come into close contact with blood, bodily fluid, or droppings of the infected chickens. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com The Emergency Quota Act of 1921 at nps.gov Record shipwreck found off Cornish Coast at CoinWorld.com and Hong Kong avian flu at History.com the music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day. <laughs>